Manor. Hello and welcome to Tip Manor podcast. We are on episode 48. I can't decide whether to go for a full episode of the amount of episodes we've had or the amount of episodes we've had in the season. Episode what of the season? Four? Five? Don't know. Doesn't really Bye. matter. Thanks, John. Uh, who have we got today? We got Ben, we got John, we got Connor. Ben, are you good? Yeah, I'm not too bad. How are you? Really great, Ben. Thanks for asking. I haven't had no. dinner yet, so no dinner chat today. Ooh. John, have you had dinner? I have, yeah. Fully, fully, fully stocked. Uh, veggie lasagna. Okay, strong. Garlic bread? No. Amateur. Just some rocket. I know, letting, letting the north down. A real shame. Uh, Connor, you've been, you've been away for a bit. It's nice have. to have you back. Thanks, mate. I am back. And uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. I've missed you, boys. Yeah, you got the giggles a bit tonight as well. <laughs> I have. It's because we can see each other. That's why. I know. Yeah, for any listeners there, never before on any of the previous 47 episodes have we had videos when we're doing this, and today we do. So it's all a bit weird, but it's good. It's good. <laughs> we're going to be giggling probably throughout. Um, anyway, so today, yeah, obviously going through... The MK game, we'll probably touch back on the Peterborough game because we haven't gone through that yet. Uh, but let's start with news. No exciting jingle today, I'm afraid. Um, we've obviously signed a player, John. Do you want to try and pronounce his full name? I know Nick Harris definitely doesn't. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do his full surname. No, do his full name. Full name. Oladime Shadipo. No, it's Ola. Why am I signing myself up for this? I'm, I'm not anyway. attempting it. I like Shodders. Shodders is a good nickname, as we've established. Although he is yeah. not a shoddy player, as we'll talk about. That's a nice link. It's a shame we're not going there right now. No. <laughs> so anyway, he's 23, uh, obviously signing from QPR, previous loans at Port Vale, Colchester. He actually made like 12 appearances in the championship last year. So, you know, he's, he's close enough for their first team. Um, doesn't sound the most like an Irish chap, but no, he's I, an Irish. I like, the, I like the fact he's not a, a first loan or even a second loan type of player as well. I mean, he's not played that many games, obviously, but it's good that he's not a complete sort of first time into football as well. Yeah, I don't think he'd scored in any of those previous loans, so... I wonder if he could get off the mark from the off with Oxford United. Anyway. Well, we should talk about that later. <laughs> um, right. Has anyone else got anything to say about Shodders? Happy? Connie, happy we've got a left winger? Uh, yeah. About time, eh? Yeah. Um, I'm, I've, I would say I'm a little bit gutted it's not Marcus Brown, but hey, beggars can't They're be mates. Jesus. Their mates, apparently. Are they? Oh, yeah. that's cute. That's yeah. cute. That's good. He's got Marcus's mate in there. That's, that's all right. Exactly. That's probably how it went down, isn't it? Marcus, if you can't come, do you know anyone? And then it's like, yeah, Shodders. Yeah. Get Shodders. Shodders. This lad's getting in. It's probably just how it worked as well. It's like ask around. It is. Look, just get the old WhatsApp group out of the old squad and go, does anyone know any left wingers? <laughs> <laughs> He said, he said um, in his interview that he spoke to Brown and, and he recommended to come. So I'm, I'm absolutely certain that conversation happened in that way. Have you got any mates? Have you got a left foot? <laughs> um, the other bit of news, and I think this is a little bit weird. Like we, we talked on the pr pod previously that 
Derek Osai seemed like a little bit of a weird signing, given that he is um, 22 years old, had kind of a weird, you know, like the clubs he'd been at before, he never really made his mark. He was at like the Toulouse B team from memory. I don't really remember. Um, but we kind of thought maybe that's one of those that could be referred to as a bit of a tiger signing. I think someone referenced there was something on the forum around that, but I guess I don't know how much you read into stuff on Yellow's forum. But Ben, do you reckon it's a bit weird that he's come in and at the age of 22, I know there's these new rules around the amount of players you can register and stuff, but it's a bit odd that he's come in and within a month, you know, he didn't have a bad preseason. As Tony said on one of the pods, he scored a couple of sly tackles in a game against Brentford. <laughs> He got a goal in um, was the EFL game against someone. <laughs> don't really Bristol, maybe I don't know. Um, it's a bit of a weird one, though, isn't it? Yeah, especially because according to Carl, he's been left out, so we can bring in another attacking player, which seems a little bit. If you if you're going to bring in a centre back, fine, I'd understand it more, but it doesn't feel like he's had a fair crack of the whip. Like you said, he's he had a good pre-season. He looked like he was a decent player, and I know you can you can come back from your loan to play in cup competition. So he'll probably will come back and play in the Mickey Mouse trophy. But yeah, it's, it's, I wonder if he had any inkling that this would happen. He said he's 22. He probably thought I'm coming in, I'm going to start games or at least be there or thereabouts. And yeah, now he's looking at who he can play for in the conference. Yeah. John, do you think it's anything to add to that? Do you think the Tiger signing thing might be might be a thing? And KR just threw him in a few times and was like, right. Because he started a league game against maybe Sunderland as well. So it's like he had a, a kind of opportunity. But Yeah, and he came on ahead of Rob Hall in one game recently as well. It must have been a weird conversation between um, Tiger and KR. When KR was like, yeah, I'm going to leave your guy out. <laughs> um, moving on. I mean, I, it's... It's hard to know what the what the, the pathway for some of these young strikers is. I mean, we I think he's got a two year deal. Is he going to go out on loan for a year? Is how well is he going to have to do for us to then bring him into the team a year later? It just sort of seems like it will just fizzle out and be a bit of a non event. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. She'd rather keep him around, but as you say, we're signing another attacker. Obviously, <laughs> there we are. Is there any rule like Jack knows this stuff better than most of us? But like. Do we have to, given, given he's 22, can we sign a free agent that's any age or do they have to be under a certain age? I don't even know the rules anymore. I think he can be any age. I think that's the whole point of leaving him out of the squad is you can have 22 players. It was your first team squad. Under 21s don't count towards that. Yeah, so as he's long as you've got a space, yeah, 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 it doesn't matter. Okay, I think, but yeah. I think there's just another thing to add, which was I think Jack mentioned it in our group chat about... As a young lad who's come over to England, probably for, you know for the first time, and he's now not going to be playing games for us, it must be a really strange feeling for him, and also it must impact him into, into you know it could impact him quite quite negatively because you know he's not going to be settled, is he? By now, he's probably going to be shipped off somewhere else. I mean, I know that, I know some people might say, oh, that's the life of a footballer, blah blah blah, but you know if if he was really brought in as a tiger signing and and KR. Didn't really see much in him in the first place, other than that training session in Wales, which he made a reference to when we signed him. Then I think he's just a bit, almost like a bit harsh on the lad if he's not going to go out and play games. He's got to yeah. be playing football at some capacity. You know, he doesn't want to be sitting in the under 21s at Oxford, does he? Let's be honest. So I think the best move for him, if they're not going to put him in the squad, is get him out on loan and then yeah. see where his career takes him from there. If he's got two years, then, you know, if he doesn't come back to us next season, he might, he might go on to play for another team in England. But 
I do think a loan move is going to have to be arranged for him because I wouldn't want to see a, a young 22-year-old lad just rot in the under-21s that's just coming over from France. I think it's a bit, it's a bit strange. I just wouldn't be surprised if that's if we've seen the last of him in an Oxfordshire, which is a really strange, strange thing to say. But yeah, and he hasn't been that hasn't been that bad. Like he hasn't he's not been. No, I I thought you know I thought thought he looked all right to be fair, but we don't see him every day in training and whatever. No, of course not. Of course not. He had a good accent though. He did actually, yeah, yeah. Well, he does not. He did. He does, yeah, yeah. It's gone now. <laughs> He's not there. <laughs> <laughs> um, other news that's kind of hot off the press today. I think a load of people didn't really understand what had happened to Chris Allen, um, but something came out um, today. I think the club released something. Was it to do with um, just some situation with his family, and I think yeah. one, his son had some cardi cardiac based issues and so they were obviously in a difficult place when it came to covid i think that was it wasn't it yeah i think yeah i think it's along those lines and to be fair chris allen's an absolute oxygen United legend isn't he so um i think he leaves with a lot of high regard from everyone absolutely yeah let's yeah good luck oxford born and bred as well as well i remember one of our own i used to go on the oxford united training courses and he rocked up to one of them at one point yeah and it was amazing. He was such a nice yeah. bloke. To he had time for absolutely everyone. I always remember that. But, yeah, um, I remember as a ball boy, as a ball boy at Oxford, Chris Allen would always be one of the blokes who would always speak to you. Like if you just said hello to him, he'd always be like, "Hi, how are you?" Type bloke around around the football, um, or in and around the stadium rather. So yeah, he's a top bloke. And I'll say, I've, like you say, James I met him a few times. So he's a nice bloke. Yeah. So we wish wish you well, Chris, if you're listening. I very much doubt you are. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where you know, if there was an opening in the future and his circumstances changed, you, you know, you might see him back in, back through the door. So, um, John, the the stuff with Brannigan again, like we we just put our thoughts out to to Cam. It's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, you, you sort of accelerated in the feeling of seriousness about it quite quickly, and I think you know there were some words people picked on and talking about next few weeks how he gets on. Um, and yeah, and I think it's just hoping he's he's back and playing as soon as possible because it doesn't sound particularly um particularly great whatever's happened to him. And uh, yeah, hope he gets back playing as soon as possible. Really, mm-hmm. yeah, it must be uh, pretty scary, but it sounds like he's dealt with it pretty well. Like to go from blurry vision to then being straight in hospital and then staying there for days is just a yeah. No one needs that in their life, do they? So thoughts go out to. Mr. Brannigan, yeah, wish you a speedy and healthy recovery. Um, on to more positive news. Uh, the women's side are absolutely smashing it. Um, so this seems like the season for people to get much more involved, especially given that they can actually go and watch some live football and keep tabs on the women's team. So I think they they beat Crawley, who hadn't lost a game for like a couple of, I want to say like years or something. Or maybe they were in different leagues coming up. Um, last time out 3-1 and then they were playing Cardiff who had a 100% unbeaten run and they beat them 4-1 at Court Place Farm again in front of somewhere near 300 fans that had come down. Um, So yeah, amazing stuff for them. Top of the league, smashing it. They've got some good fixtures coming up in terms of where the other teams have played. So they're looking good for having a good run um, to get up to that second tier of women's football. Um, Next home game is 
Portsmouth on November the 8th. So anyone listening, make sure you get down and support the gals. There you go. Um, right, football then, men's team. Um, ben, what were your overarching thoughts of Peterborough? It's quite, it's quite difficult when we do this because we've just obviously watched the MK game last night and you kind of forget about what's happened prior especially when you're repressing memories when you're lost but what were your kind of overarching thoughts of that game like main takeaways I think just again a feeling of almost unluckiness and so close it didn't just happen similar to the game against Gillingham we we had good spells of the game we had plenty of chances that we didn't take that on another day we would have and that could change the game similar game to Gillingham in terms of issues and defence just those gaps in behind, right and left back are, are still a major concern. And it's just the simple stuff that's costing us, really. Yeah. And John, that like going into that game, um, that was our 14th game without a clean sheet. And obviously with MK, we've now gone 15 games. It's not, we're not feeling any better about our defence, are we? No, and there was the obvious horror show goal in the, that performance, oh. <laughs> thanks to Messrs Long and Ruffles <laughs> combining spectacularly. <laughs> um, I think for me as well from that game, it, it was just another game where the other team were able to move the ball up the pitch so easily and we had to work so hard just to sort of get the ball down into the channel to build, put three sort of passes together. Yeah, as Ben said, we had lots of chances where another day they go in equally. It could have been four or five to them. And for me, it's just that thing of why is it so difficult for us to move the ball forward, sustain pressure, and another team can be up within three passes that aren't long, direct passes. Um, but I didn't say on the panic stations after it, for sure. No, if you compare it, Connor, to our game against them there last season, where we got absolutely battered 4 mm. 0. I suppose actually, first half wasn't that bad in that game, then we just fell apart a bit. But it wasn't. It was actually a pretty good performance, and it was more individual mistakes again, and us not being yeah. clinical that was the difference, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, like the others, the other two have said, it was silly mistakes at the back which cost us. And I guess again, like John said, we're on another day. Some of the chances that we had, you know, the um, the Dan Adji chance and um, Matty Taylor as well. You know, they, they could have easily ended up in the back of the net, and it's a different story. Um, I. I left the game frustrated, obviously, because we lost. Um, mm. I think I was more frustrated about the goals that we conceded and the way we conceded, if anything, not so much the yeah. whole overall performance. Yeah. I think that was yeah, yeah. the first goal, which was an absolute shambles. I'm sorry, that is very, <laughs> very poor defending. I mean, I, I'm not even going to put an excuse in and say, oh, yeah, Sam Long's not a centre-back. But the lack of communication between him and Ruffles and also their pos- positioning, where the ball is in... You know, the complete other half, like the other end of the yeah. pitch almost, is is pretty shambolic. And then also, I think you can kind of point your finger a little bit at Eastwood. Why is he three quarters of the way out of his box? Well, you know, three quarters of the way up his, uh, his box. Um, what, what's, in, what's interesting about just, that first yeah. goal, that long ball over, is, well, you can't see really because of the camera. So you don't know if mm. Joe Ward, who was giving us problems the whole game on their right, had come inside like dragged ruffles across literally made him forced him into a hug with sam long um or some yeah. kind of embrace and then was like right i'll see you later lads um, yeah, and and the weird thing was is against off. gillingham um 
twice against Gillingham. And I know it's like nitpicky, but there were two times when really similar things happened. There was one especially where there was just a long ball from a really, really similar position. And then mm-hmm. their number nine, I forget his name, Samuel or something, was just clean through. And Eastwood made that yeah. save, if you remember, like down to his left. But it was exactly the same, like long ball. Our defence were absolutely nowhere. Um, yeah, I don't know. But you say it's nitpicky, but at the highest level of football, it's those little details are the things that make the difference. You know, clubs will analyse that and they'll exploit it and they'll do it again and again and again until we realise or figure out how to defend properly. I mean, it's clear to me, and and it's the same with with the MK Dons, it is so clear that Rob Dickey has obviously not been replaced. Yeah. Um, And obviously with the injury to Atkinson, and again, I know we're going to go on to it in a minute with the MK Dons game, and obviously the lack of the co- lack of cover that we have from from Moose as well, it's going to cause big problems. Like it just, it's just you you know a title challenge, a promotion push is built on a team that has a solid defence, and we had that last season. And this year so far, it seems like it's just gone to pop, really, hasn't it? At the back, um, I think that's, well, that's their second at the moment. Yeah, and their second goal was very similar, and we we talked about this when we were watching it, but. The, the goal that Gooch, I can never really say that without, without wanting to giggle, but Gooch scored <laughs> for, Sunderland. <laughs> yeah. for Sunderland against us, where he just kind of ran alongside three or four of our defenders and then managed to get yeah. a shot in. And it was really similar, and this time it was just like, it's just easy. I know Dembele is a good, good, tricky player, but he didn't have to yeah. work hard to get his shot off. And um, There was no attempt to block it or to challenge was there. And again, that was another thing we can point out uh, to Claire. Um and I, I know he got quite a lot of stick, didn't he, for that actually? So well, the same with the, the same with the Gillingham game as well, wasn't it? With with obviously that cross that came in back stick, and he didn't attempt to put a block in. And uh, I see people on Twitter and stuff were going nuts at him. But it's so like, Sean, I, yeah, Sean Clare's an interesting one though, and obviously we were talking about it just before we started recording. But me, <laughs> I know like Tony, who's been on the pod a few times, was saying that he felt Sean Clare was our best player against Peterborough. And I thought the same, although he was like at fault for the um, the second goal, you could say. I thought he actually had a really good game and showed a mate, like really solid glimpses when it goes to going forward. Again, I don't think he looked dynamite defensively, but he was taking players on in really difficult positions and moving us up the pitch when a lot of other players weren't taking accountability. Um, and you need that when you're struggling. Um, I don't think he was moving us up the pitch. He was moving himself up the pitch. I don't really recall the amount of times that then the ball was laid off and we switched and went the other way. Um, I think a lot. That's of not that's run- not his fault though, is it? It's like well, it is his he, fault because he's got no, to, but he he's does. Got to make, he's got to make the right decision when he gets into. To understand the point of how he did make a lot of the the sort of runs you'd want him to be doing, but it all comes about what's the outcome off the back of them. And is he getting back? To me, to me, I didn't quite get it. I thought he made a lot of runs that was sort of 30 yards to 60 and then stopped and was like, I don't know what to do here. Now, you could argue other players need to get in the right place for him to easily know what to do. But for me, it wasn't quite the, um, the okay. polished performance you're claiming. But Fair enough. Not, I, I don't, we I'm agree too much on this pod anyway. So, you know, this is a, <laughs> this is a, big, this is a big bust up. I, I, I agree with you, John. He just... Um, just considering like how he played against Gillingham, where there were times where he was ambling around, bringing the ball out and then losing it in our own half. And he did that against Accrington a couple of times and whatever. 
I just felt he had a much, much better game. And I'm glad that KR's kept him in the team now. Um, he's had a really, he's been the scapegoat a bit like, he, I think Eastwood's been dug out a few times as well, but yeah, there you go. And I, I do think positives from the game, like I'm, I'm still claiming Sean Clare is a positive and just announcing that again. Um, I don't actually know if this is a positive, but we created, well, we had 45 shots in um, two games and scored one crappy goal that Aji kind of bundled in. Um, it's it's a massive positive. So many times like the ball was just out of someone's reach or ricocheted in the wrong place. And then there was some credit to Gillingham and Peter with some really good defending at times. But honestly, on another day, well, the, looking at the MK game, Taylor's goal was, I thought, exactly what didn't happen against Gillingham and Peterborough. It was just the lucky thing needed to happen and he scored off the back of it. Yeah, that's it. And like like Connor said, there was the Agi chance where he like towed it. Ruffles had a header that was like a point blank thing. Matty Taylor had a chance on his left foot. Like it wasn't like we were, you know, they, they were more than half chances as well against a good side that's going to be up there in like the top, top three, top six at least. So there you go. Um, but we move on. And we can talk about a win, thank Christ. Uh, so played MK Dons. Uh, team came out. I think the biggest shock, um, John, was probably McGuain um, coming in on the left wing, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I, anyone tries to claim they sort of called that. I just don't don't believe them. <laughs> I mean, it was it was yeah, definitely a definitely a surprise. I don't know what Adji did to get dropped. I thought he was generally pretty much a positive from the two last games before that. Um, but, you know, you could argue that McGuane a bit further forward gives him a bit more freedom and he doesn't have to worry about sort of the structural side of and tactical side in midfield as much. So I could see the logic of it. Um, but yeah, it was stood out like a, like a mile away. Connor, do you I think th- he had a good game? Yeah, McGuane, yeah, I think he did, yeah. I mean, when I first saw the lineup, I I thought that it was a classic... You know, Oxford, Oxford Mail putting players in the wrong position. When you know, when it comes to the little diagram they put out of the pitch and the formation, I thought it would be our Sykesy on the left and McGuane in midfield. But obviously, when we started, we we saw that McGuane was playing off the left. I I was actually surprised at um, how how well. Well, a he brings other players into play. I think he's quite good at doing that. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's also very quick, which I was actually really surprised with. Seeing yeah, yeah. Scott. I was surprised to see he had that much pace on him because um, obviously in midfield in his, his previous performances we've not quite seen that side of him because um, obviously being more central I suppose and, and kind of playing him behind the striker where he was playing in the last I think it was Lincoln wasn't it where he played there um, mm. he didn't really get to show that side of his game and I think he was um, yeah I think he linked up really well I think he was quite a threat um, it, was a, it was a good performance it was positive for me anyway I was, was happy to see him play well Nice and so we we take the lead. Uh, it was it was McGuay. I want to say McGuin. It was McGuin <laughs> down the left. Um, the ball kind of fell a bit luckily for Taylor. And one of you guys has made a good point in the notes about that. You know that wouldn't have fallen for Taylor against Gillingham or Peterborough based on our luck mm. in those games. That's a good point. Um, but you know, a few minutes later, and our defending. You know, we're, we're on average conceding two goals a game. And Ben, we were watching that game as we were together obviously in our own separate houses. Um, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, it didn't look difficult for them to get down the left and pick out, who was it, Cameron Jerome, the veteran? It's just simple passing in a triangle of three to beat a few players who were just stood still ball watching. 
and then all of a sudden he ends up with a winger and he's got 15 yards of space to set himself on the edge of the box and cross it in and well you can't you can't miss that six yards it, remind, it reminded me of if you're playing someone online on fifa and like they've lost connection and you're running <laughs> down you just kind of have all the space and you just do i'm not going to say what the the type of goal is called but but, um, <laughs> not, not, not everyone is going to get that um, bit of no, analysis. Just that out, yeah. But it's just drilled across and it's a tap-in and Eastwood's you know, got no no chance. It's the but... way that Jerome glides between the two centre-backs like with ease and like they're just yeah. not even looking at him. It's, it was just painfully bad. Um, and it just almost, completely took the wind out. It was almost as if it was like one of those, if you go back to FIFA as an analogy, you know, you use the offside trap and suddenly... All the players just leg it forward, and there's a shitload of space behind you. That was almost what it was like. Not saying that our players legged it forward, yeah, no, but there was I so know. much space behind. It was ridiculous. Like generally, when I was watching it, you could just see what was happening. As soon as that ball was played um, in in between the fullback, you knew exactly where that ball was going. Straight across the face of goal, and uh, you know, well, Cameron Jordan will eat those up. I mean, not, not being funny, any striker at, at League One level will eat those chances up. And it was a very frustrating goal to concede. I didn't know whether, yeah, to be more pissed off with the fact that the guy had all the time in the world to pick out the pass and Claire was nowhere near him. Or mm. because, again, he was called out on social media more so than the centre backs were for the fact, yeah. to John's point, surely one of them's got to be like, well, that's Cameron Jerome. He used to play for Birmingham in the Premiership and scored like 15 goals in the season but we'll just yeah. let him stand there it'll be all right it'd be happening be before that as well yeah. like there was countless crosses coming into the box already before that and it was kind of we were relieved of well i was that taylor had scored but then mk went straight into their ultimate football <laughs> game and it- yeah what the actual fuck and i don't swear lightly what as if just because i'm back but on like their their general we just couldn't believe it, could we? Watching it, like it was, I, I for a while, I think I changed, didn't I? Because I was saying to John and um, Ben when we were watching, I was like, "Oh, do you know what? This is really impressive. They're sticking to their philosophy." And like for the first like twenty twenty five minutes, I was like impressed. And then suddenly we were just like, "Hang on, what? Were we why are we letting them like mess about with it?" Like, and then we just started getting into them. The ref was like, "Well, I'm not giving you free kicks if you're just going to dolly about with the ball." which I thought was pretty good. Um, and then they just kept on persisting with it. It's such a bizarre tactic at this level of football. This, the goalkeeper thing. The goalkeeper had more yeah. touches than most players the on right the pitch. Back. Yeah, the, the sweeper keeper, but actually playing right wing back. It was just, yeah, it was really, There's, really bizarre. There all seems to be a team that does this every once in a while, like Reading a couple of years back under Yapstam, did this did exactly the same thing of sort of ultimate possession football, and they just got ridiculed because they had like eighty percent possession stats, but never left like their own half. But they retained the ball amazingly. But MK were actually making it work and were like pretty relentless, which was the scary thing. Um, but yeah, the uh, the goalkeeper thing, I was like innovation or just utter waste of time. <laughs> I, I, I was quite. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I still think they're, like Ben, they're, they were a good, I think KR said after the game, they're a better football side than us. And I was a bit like, I don't know, like they took a lot of risks. And yes, they did look pretty tidy on the ball. And first half, they definitely shaded it, didn't they? Yeah, I thought they passed the ball really well. 
especially quite free free flowing again. Finding gaps between us quite easily. Uh, and I, I don't mind people playing out from the back, but then there's just playing it about. And they were taking sort of two touches too many to the point where you could see our players thinking, oh, I just need to close them down here and I've got a chance. And two or three times, they ended up messing it up. Again, another FIFA reference. It's like someone was time-wasting 25 minutes into a game and just trying to annoy you by saying, do you want the ball? Do you want the ball now? I'll give it back to the keeper. And then they're getting yeah. caught out. It's like they've got the record, you know, as much publicised they have this record about the most possession in European football. But when that possession is your goalkeeper in a right-back position <laughs> for like 50% of that, and a, and a back three as well. You're going to have a lot of possession. <laughs> and we we've talked about that pointless possession thing before, haven't we? Like it's not it's not great, is it? If it's always all in your own half. But... At least that was us with a pointless possession. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so second half kicked off. I think we were all just a bit apprehensive, nervous about where the game was going to take us. Um, but yeah. We managed to get get ahead again, didn't we, John? And things things looked pretty positive from there. Like we had a really good second half. Yeah, I mean that that goal by Sam Long. I mean the delivery by Ford. I mean I'm still drooling over it today. Mm. Like it's just the angle, the weight, the way it just soared through the air. Like it was just a thing of beauty, really. Um, and I was gonna I was gonna mention about Claire going an amazing run. And a very productive run, just to um, <laughs> give your support for him, you know, a bit of a, a bit of counterbalance. Um, he nearly scored a bit. Oh yeah, that. he piled. He started. He started from deep and just ran the yeah. whole way up the pitch. And the difference was, he went. He ran at the goal, and then he had a shot at the goal. Which was yeah. like, <laughs> so um, we're not. We're really like. I think he'll. I'm sure, he'll come good. We're not being. We're not trying to be mean. Um, but then, yeah, <laughs> that, that I think. It was just class um, and nice to see Sam Long getting a getting a goal. But did that was, that was it was such an important goal and it probably was going to come like that I think. But yeah, well I couldn't work out um, Connor whether it was us playing much better second half or whether the total football that MK play just kind of dissolved a little bit. What which one of those do you reckon it is or a bit of both? Yeah, a bit of both. I think we we definitely grew into the game in the second half. Um, I say with the with the goal itself. I think <laughs> I don't know about you, but um, well, actually, no. First of all, before before we quickly mention that, I hope that Atkinson's all right. I haven't heard anything more on Atkinson. I don't know if any of you guys have. Oh, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, you know, they, I don't know why. Because obviously, Long came on for Atkinson, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I haven't heard anything on that. But he he was actually. I mean, Atkinson was instrumental in the first goal. With yeah. uh, his his amazing run out of the out of the back, but anyway, we'll move on. When yeah, when Long came on, and he was the last person I thought would be on the end of that cross. I mean, it was an absolute. Like John said it was a beautiful delivery. Um, and I was talking to a friend during the game. I was I was texting him, and we were both watching it, and we were saying actually, I I think Ant Ford's deliveries from set plays are such an important asset. I think at the moment, even obviously with yeah. Brannigan out. Um, I know that, that obviously Kelly's got a very good delivery as well, but this season so far, Ford's deliveries have been fantastic. And I think it's a real kind of, yeah, it's an asset to the team to have him on the pitch when it comes to set plays. And that was a beautiful. And, and he should have had though. one against the game against Gillingham. It was his cross that Matty Taylor put over the, well, down and then over the bar. From ah, yeah, yeah, out, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, th- I think I think Anthony Ford genuinely has is either slipped under the radar a little bit, or in in my eyes, I think he's been one of the best players this season for us. 
yeah, I don't think yeah, he's been absolutely. spoken about enough. I think he's been brilliant. And again, obviously now he's playing more centrally. Um, and um, yeah, I think he's been brilliant. Definitely one of the best best players we've had this season. And I actually hope he continues his run in the team. Well, he's, he's definitely not leaving the team at this moment in time. Like you say, I think right, he so offers something that no one else does. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I mean, obviously Sykes, he had a fantastic game as well, didn't he? Oh, uh, yesterday. Yeah, I was I was actually going to ask Ben about that to then troll, <laughs> but you didn't get to talk about it. <laughs> but go, actually, go on, Connor. Like, I, I second half especially, he was absolutely everywhere, wasn't he? He was like a pit he bull, was. Yeah, winning he, everything back. He was driving forward. He was he was bringing other people into play. I thought the the lad did absolutely amazing. Yeah, he's uh, the only thing he didn't do yesterday was score. You know, literally, other than that, it would have been a perfect performance because he was fantastic. Uh, on the ball, he was so composed. I think he, he linked up play really well. Uh, it's just a, a performance that I think for me, it cements his best position, which is in the middle of the park, you know, getting on the ball. He wants the football. You can see he wants it. When he's out wide, I think often he's a little bit isolated and he likes to come inside a bit more. But then that then that obviously plays onto the fullback. I think with Claire, if Claire's going to be playing right back now and going to be moving forward a bit more. Maybe Sykes is one of the players who, if he does play out wide, he comes in, obviously creates a bit of space. But then sometimes when you've got an attacking fullback like Claire, who might not be the best defensively, but get caught out. So there's a balance well, to be struck Henry, there, isn't there? And obviously Henry's yeah. going to be playing there most of the time. I think I just, yeah, personally, I just think Sykes now is, he's got to be deployed in the middle or, you know, one of the two. I, I think we didn't see that much of Henry because he was covering I think it might have been just because of the way MK were playing but he was covering back a lot and I but I mm. do remember specifically saying to these guys when we were watching it like I would potentially have swapped Henry and Sykes around it at one point because Henry wasn't in the game enough and I, I felt like if I'm a if I'm a defender for MK I'm more fearful of a a young hungry like Mark Sykes, who's probably got that little bit more pace to to take me on than than James Henry, and I don't think Henry's had the best start to the season. But I, um, I thought Henry wasn't sort of in the game, but there was still actually when he he made it, he made a few things happen on a couple of times, key passes that sort of created a chance. But then was he buzzing around making things happen? You know, minute by minute, probably not. And that's where he seems to be at the moment, still capable of those big moments like the pass to Henry at Accrington, for example. But he's not quite... And, and Gillingham, he did that at Gillingham as well, didn't he? Yeah. A couple of passes down the right-hand side to I, bring us in. But... But you sort of look at him and go, is he sort of constantly impacting on the game? And does, does a Sykes, for example, who could just run someone, for example, as an option, yeah. come in? Yeah, I, I think often the the combination play between Henry and Taylor and their understanding is one of the reasons why those two are always in the team. With with Henry, yeah. you're basically just yeah. you're basically just working to try and give him some space. He's yeah, never he's not really know, going to try and beat someone, is he? You just need no. to give him five yards to shoot, cross or do whatever he needs to do. Yeah. But you know that Henry's got that quality. That's one of the that's the reason why he's in the team. And I think yeah. that's yeah. still why he's you know, why KR obviously backs him. He might have a bit of a quiet game, but you just know that he's one of those players that when he has the has the opportunity to put a delivery on. It's normally he's, he's older as well. Like if you think experienced about the head, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So we we were two one up, and it was still pretty 
whilst Eastwood really didn't have that much to do in the game, especially second half, um, we were starting to get nervous, I guess. And then one of their players lamped Claire in the face and nothing happened. Um, McGuin, McGuin, McGuin. McGuin. I just can't remember how to say his name. McGuin. McGuin. McGuin, when um, balling down the left-hand side, didn't he? He was he was put kind of clean through, looked maybe a bit offside. Um, managed to get the ball kind of onto his right for a nice finesse finish into the far corner um, and just absolutely spooned it wide. And at that point, you're going, oh, no, like another another kind of good opportunity spurned. And, you, you know, you've got to get that on target. And it's a shame, you know, I was talking about the confidence of players and he looks like one after not having a run in the team that a goal would have been absolutely amazing for him. But again, he still had a, a good performance. And I guess we're very happy that Shoddy came on Ben. Um, you know, he'd only been on the pitch like two minutes and he, he cut in on that side and really good finish. And he he looks like he might be a handful. Yeah, that was a great impact on the game, wasn't it? Just running in, uh, doesn't seem afraid to take on players, quite happy to run, not afraid to shoot, which is a great sign. And talking of confidence, I think that's a that's a great boost for him to get a goal in his first game for us. I said, was that his first goal in senior football? If I think if you yeah, go by Wikipedia, yeah, that's what yeah. It, that's what it was. So hopefully, you know, that really spurs him on and gives him the confidence that you know, not afraid to shoot when he gets the chance. But you know, if he can take on a player and get a ball in, brilliant. And um, John, what about? I guess we we were all kind of celebrating, relaxing. I was sitting that little bit further back in my my chair, really happy about the three one win, and then there one of their blokes just runs and runs and runs and runs and just kicks it in. And I'm convinced Eastwood should absolutely save this one as well. But um, yeah, just it's just nothing more basic than just sort of dropping the shoulder pass one, drops the shoulder pass one, kind of that sort of Sunderland Gooch vibe about it as well. <laughs> And then um, the go- the Gooch vibe, yeah. hashtag Gooch vibe. <laughs> um, and then Moore did that funny tackle he does, where he just sort of plants himself, and then the guy just runs past him. And I'm not sure if it was someone else as well that sort of let him just go past. Probably. Him. And then, yeah, you know, you can make a case for Eastwood maybe getting something onto it, but just it's frustrating though because it sort of takes the impetus away and sort of reminds everyone of the big problems still and if MK were this team that we knew were losing games because they conceded a lot of goals we only we've only just beaten three two of that scoreline if you want to be a bit bit depressing and cynical about it yeah I think the yeah um, but I think having said that I think one of the good things about the performance in itself was that yes we won and we outscored them at least we maybe we were able to convert th- three three chances in this game whereas in previous games before we've had so many chances but we've not converted anything so i was you know of, of course we're, we're frustrated to concede two pretty soft goals but i think the the big positive obviously other than the three points in itself is that you know we actually were able to convert chances um and let's hope that uh we do that on saturday but we'll talk about that in a minute oh god um I did notice, and I think Oxblogger put it on Twitter as well, but this is our best start under KR. Um, <laughs> That's interesting. a crazy start, isn't it? Yeah. And, I, and I, looked at, um, wow. I, looked, I looked at the table after six games last year. We'll get on to what's happened in League One just now. Um, so we've got the same goal difference as last season after six games. 
and we've actually conceded a goal less this season um, than we did last season. So we've conceded, what, 12 this year versus 13. I think it's because we played, we had that 4-2 home defeat versus Burton, didn't we? At yeah. That was... home, which contributed to that. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's really weird. It's just strange. I think about this like a lot recently. And like, is it part of it just as simple as the way we're trying to play football involves a lot of kind of patterns, partnerships, things to work that, it therefore takes quite a few games for players to kind of get up to speed. Is it just kind of that simple? And then you factor in the defence is a bit wobbly. And if you've got a good defensive run to you, then the players in front warm up and get a bit more confident and all that sort of stuff. Otherwise, this sort of slow start thing can't be anything else, can it? But then other teams manage to do it. It's it's the same team from last year. So I'd argue, though, that our defence looks as imbalanced as it has looked in... KR's reign in a way yeah um so whilst we were conceding gold but yeah maybe you're right I think that's like if you asked KR that question I'm pretty sure he would say something similar to what you've just said um like it takes time to mold the team relationships to build blah 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 blah, blah. but other teams manage to whether exactly, other teams yeah. aren't playing as complex potential style of, of football this is why at times you sort of think well where's the plan b for the sort of you know if we just need to mix it up a bit why do we have to play one pure way? Why can't we sort of have a bit of a midway house and grow into that style? That's constant bugbear, I think. Because, I mean, Gillingham's the example of how many signings did they make in the summer? Dozen, <laughs> maybe more? They've managed it's a shame, to... It's a shame we don't have Jack here to talk <laughs> yeah. about that. Uh, Jack, could, Jack could just give a, a, a three-minute answer and that will be every press conference for each of those signings. But it, <laughs> it is odd, isn't it, why we can't gel... There must be something to it. It can't be coincidence that it's every year. Is it? Is it that the preseason's just not suitable, or we play too many games in a short period and it's not the right level of fitness? Maybe. I just don't know when. I think if KR is still around, you assume he's still around next season. I think if it happens again, then you start to really think about it as being a pattern. But mm. this is the third time. It is a bit odd. Um, it might just be the curse. The curse of KR. Just when you're looking at the table and we're, what well, I know we played a game less, but when you're, what, 12 points behind the team at the top type thing um, mm. after barely any games and you, you you want to be a contender and you want to be pushing, you just give yourself such a difficult, you, we have to go on a run. Like we're going to have to yeah, go on a yeah. run to stand any chance of like climbing the table. I know that's really obvious to say. But last season, we did it twice in the season. Went on really good runs, went on unbeaten runs, just started winning 3-0 every home game. Um, but that's, you know, that was kind of unheard of for us. And so now we put the pressure back on us to need to do something like that and for the team to need to gel completely. So yeah, I, I also think consist- consistency this season is going to be very hard to come by, I think, because as we've already seen with the crew scenario, the chances of matches being called off, rearranged, etc., Throughout this season, this is going to be you know, it's going to be ever present. I think that's going to make it even more difficult to to establish good runs. Um, yeah, sheer amount of football as well. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, we clearly know that these players—they're not Premier League players, but they still play at extremely high intensity. You know, at the end of the day, they're professional football players. They need time to recover from their from their efforts. Um, 
And yeah. clearly this season, it's it's not going to be as simple as that. I think the, nu- the nutrition and recovery is going to be so important this season, probably more so than ever because of the amount of minutes they're going to be in their legs. And particularly with our squad already, the injuries we've seen and the lack of lack of depth in certain areas means more players are going to be playing more games than probably ever before. I mean, they should be taking tips from Josh Ruffles, to be honest, because that bloke just keeps playing and playing and playing and playing. Um, they just need more um, Haribo, don't they? They do, yeah. Harry going power It will all be fine. Yeah. Um, I just noticed that MK, so they played seven and won one game. Um, and it was the game before playing us, and it was against Gillingham 2 0, which makes me sad. You know, when we've just lost to a, a team, and I suppose that game was just ridiculous, though, so I'm not going to worry too much about that. Um, looking across the league, did I, I always ask, did anything stand out to anyone? And then there's radio silence, but I think Lincoln's. Lincoln start is impressive that they're keeping that going. I think Appleton's clearly got a good side that are gelling together now and playing well for each other. Just it's whether or not they can keep that going. Like I said, we've seen it before teams start well and drop off, or vice versa. But yeah, I think Lincoln start is is impressing me. It's interesting looking at Sunderland as well because they've only conceded, you know, whilst we've conceded twelve, they've conceded the one goal where they've only scored seven, so they've scored one less than us. Um but to have their record, you know, unbeaten, one four, drawn two, only scoring seven goals in six games, it's um, it's interesting there. But they're they seem, a rare they seem to have breed. Clocked. Yeah, no, absolutely. They, they seem to have clocked the um, the ability to sort of grind defend. out the wins in league. Yeah, defend, grind out the wins in league one, and, and accept they're in league one as well, and just sort of play play accordingly. Um, yeah, lots up, of one nils. Harlow seem to be quite cruising quite well. I mean, they're obviously top at the moment, but um, they're sort of winning some fairly big games as well. I wasn't quite expecting them to be where they were. No, yeah, you never know what's going to happen, but <clears throat> maybe they'll be this season's Ipswich. Or maybe Ipswich will be this last season's or this season's Ipswich. That doesn't make any sense. You know what I'm <laughs> getting at. Um yeah, Don Donny were the other one, right? That they're yeah. scoring a lot of goals. They beat who did they beat? They beat Ipswich. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, four one. Four one. Decent result. Yeah, decent result. Um, Operation Vengeance continued. Peterborough beat Wigan. Clark I completely Hunt. forgot about Vengeance. I don't think it's got the um, the profile and the passion that it started off with. If, they, we'll, if, if we'll keep, we're going to keep it running. It's fine. <laughs> Um, just didn't see, there was no pre-game vengeance beef or whatever you want to call it. A nice link into the game on Saturday. Northampton um, beat the scum 2-1, which is fantastic. Well done, <laughs> the cobblers. Go on, what the is, cobblers. What is, what is a cobbler? It's a shoes, isn't Shoe, it? Shoemaker is a cobbler. Yeah. North, Northampton fans, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, it's a nickname, <laughs> good, good spot. All right, thanks. Thanks. That sound pretty oh, yeah. ignorant. My dry, my dry humour, obviously, wasn't quite there. What was the yeah. one that John, John? What was the funny one that you got wrong? Oh, the, the, I can't even get it right now. The chair boys chair or the boys. choir boys? The choir Wickham. boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wickham, the choir boys. And I was like, no, every chairs. every Wickham like, fan is mandatory in a choir. Um, <laughs> that was amazing. Um, subtly moving on to Wickham's 
Wickham's form at the uh, at the moment is delightfully um, poor. I think they've. I don't think they've even scored in the championship. Well, I don't know how certainly... to feel about it though. You know, like when it should be us. Like, I, part of me is like uh, that no. should be us, but then the other Stop. part. Do this. No, no, no. Right. But I'm like, I, I sometimes feel we'd have taken the opportunity better, but at the same time, I'm looking yeah. our, at us in League One and what we're say. doing now. And so, so we're twentieth like, in League One. We can hardly be talking about playing in the <laughs> championship. <laughs> Christ's sake! Shut up, Connor. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I did, I, but you've got to watch like, those of realism. I wonder how much like they spent on play. I, I haven't taken any. No, it's, it's virtually the same team. I've, I've looked a couple of times, and it. I can't. I'm, I've obviously not studied every player, but it, it is yeah that pretty much that team that played the playoff final. So they seem Con- to be going for a bit of a. See where we get to. Just take the money. Did they break. keep the um, centre back that just destroyed us in the playoff? Yeah, game? yeah, they did, and the winger that. Um, Stewart. So and like, Jacobson's still there with his left foot. Yeah, um, we should have yeah, still got two legs. I, I reckon we could have got Stewart in. That would have been great, wouldn't it? Just take it, take him off him. Surely we'd offer him more money than Wickham and Ainsworth and his leather jacket. I'm sure he'd love 20th place in League Two, League One. Absolutely. <laughs> um, We're right, only there so, for now. I'm not a negative. I'm not a negative Nancy. So the scum uh, level pegging with us, be it that they played played a game more, same goal difference, um, but they they've lost their last four games, and I know absolutely nothing about them, and we haven't done our traditional kind of preview where someone's looked at them but i kind of understand why because none of us really yeah, want to. there's no yeah. there's no there's no point trying to be clever um about assessing different aspects of their team and the formation like no. it's just gonna just get at them <laughs> they're just a disgrace yeah. aren't they yeah yeah to be honest with you i couldn't care any less the only thing i care about on saturday is that we win the game of football that's it and if, if people out there don't know what the form is against them, then they need to have a long, hard look at themselves. So, like, we can't talk about that either. Well, um, our last seven games. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you, I was happy to see that, uh, that Chris McGuire scored against them as well last week. Oh, did he? Good. Yeah. Did Good he? I hope he did the little crying kind of <laughs> thing. I don't think he did, but... but. Where, where's everyone's, like, levels of far more anxiety on this like i've never been more calm in my whole time as an oxford fan going into a game against swindon i would Mm. be like in i remember like the you know i was thinking about the game where like bina got sent off like early doors and we managed to win it it was absolutely incredible experience two nil yeah yeah and in the week building up to that i'm sure i was just utterly obsessed but now i'm just like there is something significant happening on saturday don't double book yourself but that's about it. <laughs> I'm not sort of but, nervous about it at all. But don't you just think the fact that we can't go to the stadium well, absolutely, is yeah. the reason why? Like, absolutely, I'm sorry, yeah. there's there's literally no other reason to explain that because yeah, yeah. if you knew that you were going to the stadium on Saturday to watch Oxford versus Swindon, you'd be, you know, you'd, you'd be full of emotion. You would be because that's just this is the way that game is packed full of emotions. You know, it goes from from passion all the way down to you know anxiety etc and nerves or that sort of thing you know so it's just it's, such a shame it's, that we it's can't all, watch it's all it. that and it's going to be weird watching it ben isn't it like without that intensity because you can't just create you know no one's going to be pushing ball boys over and shit like 
It's just the crowd, isn't it? Just getting on to mistakes or great pieces of skill. Even just watching watching the game like we did yesterday, it's just not the same. It's different. We're watching it. You know, it's great that we can chat, but you'd want to be at the ground. It's everything building up to it. It's being there. It's talking to other fans. It's, it's getting that buzz. It's, the, it's the, lacking massively. Their manager was banned for, I think, their last game for sort of foul and abusive language. So that could get... Maybe him and KR could get quite feisty, but that's about the kind of extent of it. Um, but I think it's it's nice to have the game back. Like, I'm not one of these people that wants your rivals to sort of fall to pieces and burn in administration. You you want to have a couple of years in the league above them, and then you want them back to play them, but you don't want to play them every year. Yeah. And you want to smash them in yeah, the face. Yeah. <laughs> I think An early, early <laughs> drop kick. <laughs> I think oh. one of the toughest challenges going into Saturday is for the players who have never played in this fixture before for yeah. for KR to try and get across and some of the other players I imagine in the dressing room to get across the meaning of this without the fans in the stadium is going to be extremely difficult because has anyone has no, anyone in the squad played Ruffles and Sam Long maybe has anyone and Long, Eastwood Eastwood yeah um I'm trying to think even when. Like, when was our last game Paul, against Paul Rob played. Hall? Paul, yeah, well, we know Rob Hall has. Oh, was was it Robbie Hall's winner uh, in that 2-1 away? Was that the last time yeah, we played him? And yeah, then there was a JPT so. game that game. didn't matter. The, the technically, um, R7 in the row. No, hang on, I won't go there. It was, it was fucking penalties, wasn't it? <laughs> Two-point <laughs> game. That can absolutely yeah. do. The fact that they won two points just tells you how much, like... That should be considered. Um, yeah, but yeah, okay. I think yeah, I think getting across the uh, the meaning of the fixture is going to be very difficult without the fans in the stadium because you know you step on that pitch and that state you know stadium would be absolutely rocking. You'd know you're in you're in for a big game if if that was the case, but that's not going to be there on Saturday. So I think some of the players are. I hope they hope they realize. I hope they quickly realize how uh, how much this means to the fans <coughs> and that they better. K- KR better definitely knows it, and he knows for his mm-hmm. own. Not his own position, of course, but he knows that for him, the momentum that could be built off the back of this with the fans would be absolutely massive, which I know doesn't yeah. translate because you would, they wouldn't be at the next game to therefore be more excited. But if for a sort of momentum shift in around the club, he'll definitely know. And if he does half the speech he did at Gillingham <laughs> that was recorded, oh, yeah. he'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> so yeah. right. I think he'll have, he'll have them well up for it. Before yeah. prediction, before predictions, what what Ben? If you do, you think they'll make any changes or will make any changes? Sorry, ahead of that game. Um, oh, well, apart from long in for Atkinson. Oh, sorry, yeah. Um, mm. No, I don't think he will. I think he win all. You've got to think it's probably in with a shout. But if he's struggling with his hamstring, like he did uh, in training, which is why he wasn't risked. You can't take an Oxford boy centre forward out of this Oxford Swindon. I'm, not, I'm not, not necessarily saying take Taylor out, but I don't think he'll he'll change anything apart from long long in for Atkinson. I think McGowan. <laughs> I can't say still. Um, I think McGwain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I John, do you reckon he'll keep that left hand side position, or do you reckon we'll be a little bit more conservative or agi uh, back in? Or I think he'll he'll keep it. I think. McG- McGreen played himself <laughs> played off into the team actually and it's probably not a bad game for him because he probably won't be phased or probably 
he'll understand the intensity, <clears> I'm sure, but he won't be sort of phased by it, if that makes sense. Um, I was impressed by him, and I, I, I'd happily give it another another go. I don't think starting um, Shodders or, or Adji, maybe Adji, I suppose. but <laughs> Shodders? Start Shodders. I think you bring him on. I think he's going to be like yeah, twenty minutes impact player for a while. So yeah, leave it as um, is. Yeah. All right. Corner prediction. Three 0 Oxford United. Love it. Ben. Ooh, I like that. The first clean sheet for ages. Oh, no, I know. I was going to say. But... <laughs> yeah, I'm going for it. Um, I'm going to bottle it. I'm going to say. I'm going to say three one. To be fair, if that's if that's classed as bottling it, then I'm with that, <laughs> with that <Yeah>. bottling. <laughs> John, I was going to go three-one as well, so I'll stick with it. Two Oxford. I'm, I'm going to say five-one to Oxford United. Oof. We 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 owe a team an absolute dicking, and um, <laughs> based on how we've started the season with no luck, and I just hope it all comes on. Um, Saturday, they get a player sent off early on, something like that. I don't know. I just they they haven't had a great start. They they don't look. Um, you know when we've played them in recent seasons. You know the the game you mentioned there, John, the two nil, where Bino got sent off. They were top of the league and unbeaten, weren't they? And yeah, they had ten. They, they had ten men, and then we 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 smashed them. With, it was amazing. <laughs> but like, there's there's none of that. This is the first time we played them where we're definitely the favourites, and I think it will show. I just vividly remember the sound of when Matt Ritchie hit the post it was, and when they were right on top of us. And then from that, it just sort of turned. Um, nah, we'll, we'll be fine. <laughs> right, you heard it on Tip Manor podcast, folks. Maybe, we'll be fine. <laughs> maybe that um, that sign-in that KR's looking at, the, the forward, might be Ollie Johnson, just in time. I'll be all right. You, you, you didn't hear that <laughs> first. <here. laughs> no, discard that rumour right now. I wonder if he still plays. I, I saw him signing for someone recently, actually. But I wanna, I'm, I'm going to Google it. He definitely Find is. Out. I don't think he's got the afro busting out anymore. Wasn't it a team near Wakefield or something? It was something like that, yeah. Osset. Maybe Osset Town or something. I don't know, remember. Um Right. I think that, that takes us to where we need to be. It's Wednesday. Hopefully people listen to this before Saturday. Otherwise, all that chat is just null and void. But I guess we're going to have to do a very special pod to celebrate the 5-1 win on um, maybe Sunday or something. So, <laughs> so we'll see where we're at. But as always, thanks. That would for be listening. nice. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for listening, people. And we'll catch you again soon. Mm-hmm.